hey, I'm going to get out of the way, and we want to get uh, Pastor Joe Arminio up here. And, and uh, my mentor, Burke Clendenin, told me if you have to introduce a guy for 30 minutes, he doesn't have anything to say. And uh, so we're not going to do that. But uh, Pastor Joe, he's a, a friend of this house, and if you've been here at all, uh, you know the story. When we started this church, uh, when I, I was really going through a real struggle in my life years and years ago, Pastor Joe became that angel that God sent to, to really bring healing in, in my life and, and a friend that stood by me in an amazing way. And then through this church, he, he has been a spiritual covering to me and to this house and to my family. And, uh, and then his church, Abundant Life in Whippany, New Jersey, they have been our covering for this church from the day of inception. And they have been an amazing covering spiritually. They have just been always there for us, a phone call away. And then financially and physically, we wouldn't be here today in this building had it not been for them. Uh, when we were traveling, this is our sixth location, I believe it is, but we were in a location on Airport Boulevard, and the, we were running about 70 to 90 people, and the owner gave us 30 days to buy it for a ridiculous amount of money or get out. So we got out. And we had nowhere to go, and this building was up for sale, and we ran over here and told them we wanted it, and the bank laughed at us because they were asking 180000 and we had saved 10000 The bank said, church, that's small. We're not taking that risk. And God spoke to Pastor Joe up in New Jersey and spoke to his heart, and he contacted me by phone, and their church wired down $170,000 and bought this building for us. That's called a good covering. How many knows what I'm saying? And... Uh, and when Katrina hit and we were helping in the shelter, their church sent down tens of thousands of dollars to us to help families. And when Ivan hit and destroyed these three buildings, they sent down tens of thousands of dollars to us to help us during that time. That's a great friend in the ministry, amen? And, uh, and I want you to join me, and I'm going to get right out of the way. He's got a dynamic word I want you to hear today, and uh, he's going to bring a word in season for this church, and I want you to help me. Let's do it the TC way, all right? Will you join me, and let's welcome Pastor Joe Arminio, Abundant Life, Quippany, New Jersey. God bless you. Oh, all the glory to Jesus. Isn't he good? Where would we be without the Lord? Where would we be? I'm glad I'm alive. Could be in jail, but I'm glad I'm here. Amen. I wake up in the morning and I, 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 I often say this. The psalmist said, I laid down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. And I, and I add, blessed be the name of the Lord who's the repairer of the breach, the restorer of my health, my body, my heart, my relationships, and my sleep, the renewer of my mind, the rebuilder of my thoughts, the reconciler of my life, and the refresher of my spirit. He who has saved me by his grace, fill me with his spirit, redeem me with his blood, and heal me by his stripes. He overshadows me with his glory, empowers me with his presence, overwhelms me with his goodness, and destines me to win. And you, too, be glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. I think it's important to, to, to speak that and to confess that over your life every day. You are a winner. You, you might feel like you are losing or losing ground or just been through some real difficult times, but if you're connected to Jesus, who was the ultimate champion, you're a winner. Amen. You are a winner. Amen. I love 
Pastor Dan, Sister Kathy, and their family, and this church, and it is an honor and privilege to be here today. We give you greetings from Whippany, New Jersey, and uh, also want to just uh, introduce my traveling partner, great member of our church, personal blessing to me, my family, and the ministry, little guy I brought, Brother Vernon Outlaw. Stand up, Brother Vernon. Pastor Dan took a picture of me and Vernon yesterday by the beach there and sent it to my wife, and my wife wrote back, why don't you grow up, she said to me. It is what it is, I said. All Italians are 5'8", that's it. <laughs> Will you turn in your Bibles to St. Mark chapter number 8? St. Mark chapter number 8. I want to share with you a portion of Scripture, a thought. I trust it will be compelling and challenging. A thought that we would not only embrace, but that we could execute after we leave here this morning. There's not many times in the Bible you, you'll be challenged to find one beyond this, that Jesus prayed for someone's healing twice. Twice, in this case, healing. And I just want to give you another twist on this story if I can. I'm not going to be talking about healing per se, although this man was healed. Scripture has one interpretation, but many applications. The laws of what we call the laws of hermeneutics, the science and art of interpreting the Scripture. Scripture has one interpretation, but many applications. So I want to endeavor to apply this portion of scripture in this way. Mark chapter eight, starting with verse number 22. And he comes to a place called Bethsaida, that is Jesus, and they brought him a blind man. They brought him a blind man and they, they besought him, they, they begged him, they implored him to touch him and to heal him. Okay, so there was a man, had friends there, thank God for friends. And this blind man who had these friends went to Jesus and asked the Lord, will you please touch our friend? He's blind, heal him, heal him. And verse 23, and, and Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of that town. There was a purpose why he did that. For time's sake, I can't get into that. And when he had, he led him out of the town. And when Jesus had spit upon his eyes, you're reading it right. And when he had spit upon his eyes, he put his hands upon him and asked him if he saw anything. I said in the first service, I want to say again, this is a very unorthodox method that Jesus used to minister healing. But how many know that you cannot put Jesus in a box? If you put God in a box, you limit you because God is God. His ways are much higher than our ways. Isaiah chapter number 55, starting with verse number eight, I believe says, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As the heavens and the earth are, 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 are the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways and God's thoughts higher than ours. Amen? And so when we put God in a box. God, you did it this way today. You got to do it that way tomorrow. No, God says, I am God, and besides me, there is no other. And so we have to approach our relationship with God that way, that the Lord could work a different way. In this case, as unorthodox as it is, Jesus spits on the guy's eyes. Gross. Another time, John chapter 9, another blind man, Jesus 
spit on the ground, made a little mud pie, and wapo, put it on the man's eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Another man who had a deaf and dumb spirit, Jesus put his fingers in his ears, and Jesus spit on his own finger, and then he touched the man's tongue. And the Bible says his ears opened and his tongue was loosed. A man by the name of Naaman in the Old, in the Old Testament was told, although he didn't want to do it, to go and dip not once, not twice, but seven times in the Jordan River. He had leprosy, and if he would obey that unorthodox methodology, he'd be healed, and finally he got right with God and said, I'll do it. He dipped seven times in the dirty Jordan River. It came up, and his skin, the Bible says, was like a child, perfectly healed. How many know that God doesn't do the same thing the same way all the time? Amen. 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 And so we need to understand that, that, that Jesus here is, is, is ministering healing. And I'm really not teaching on, on a miracle of healing here. Um, but I want you to see that if you're, you're, you're in a situation where you're in need of a breakthrough. Anybody here? Oh, I'm in the right place. You're in need of a breakthrough. Do not limit God. One of the greatest sins of the nation of Israel during their wilderness journey was the Bible says in the Psalms that they limited the Holy One of Israel. They put him in a box. They put him in a box. No, God can rain down manna from heaven. Amen. He can make bitter water sweet. Praise God. He can have water come from a rock. He can do anything he wants to do if we can trust him for it. Lord, I'm in need of finances, and so I want you to use that millionaire to bring me money. God says, I can, I can do it anyway. I can do it anyway. Amen. And so, so I, I want to encourage you today to trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Praise God. I love what Jeremiah 32, I believe, verse 27 says. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Can Transformation Church respond and say, nothing, Lord? All things are possible to those who believe. Now, this, this, this story takes a little twist, a little turn. And I want you to draw your attention to that because Jesus, after he spit on the man's eyes, he said, do you see anything? Someone might think, well, you just spit in my eyes. I can't see anything. <laughs> no, no. Can you see anything? And the Bible says the man responded in verse number 24 and he looked up. I want you to see this now. I'm going to take a little different twist on this. Apply it a little different way. And he looked up and he said, I see men like trees. Everyone say trees. Trees, trees are a blessing. Trees were and are created by God to be a blessing and a benefit to each and every one of us. Trees, trees. Some of the things that trees give. Trees give oxygen so that we can breathe. Amen. Amen. And when it's 100 degrees down here, you need oxygen. Although it's cooler here in Pensacola than it is in New Jersey. Trees give fruit so that we can partake of and eat. Trees give shade to bring us comfort. Trees, trees give us fuel to give us energy. Are you here? Trees give us privacy and protection for our safety. Trees 
Give us lumber so we can build our homes to live in. And there's some beautiful homes around here. Trees give us beauty to look at. They give us shelter. Even there in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 1 and 2 and onward, in, in the new paradise, there's going, to be, there's going to be the tree of life, the Bible says, the tree of life that will produce different fruit every single month, 12 months of the year. And on those leaves, uh, on that tree, the Bible says, will be healing for the nations. Trees are a blessing, a benefit, something that God has given us as a gift, come on, to enrich us and to enhance our lives. What do you see? Blind man, what do you see after the first round of prayer, if you will? I see men like trees. I want to suggest and submit to you today that we cannot see men, women, people like trees. Because when you see people like trees, we are looking to people to somehow enrich our lives, somehow benefit, somehow cause our lives to be enhanced. In other words, what I'm trying to say here today is simply this. I have to see people like Jesus sees people. If I only embrace people in my life, if I only see people that are in my sphere of influence in my life as people that will help me get to the next level. Only people that can be a stepping stone for me to get to the next place. I am not seeing them as Jesus sees them. We have been put on this earth for a purpose. We have a destiny to fulfill, a call to complete, and an assignment to accomplish. Come on. A course to finish and a race to run. And we that have been born again by the Spirit of God have a mandate, a great commission, if you will, and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Luke 14, 23 says, go into the highways and the hedges, the places that are, are covert and the places that are overt. Go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. Amen. Amen. Last thing that Jesus said, according to the gospel of St. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We have a mandate from the Messiah, and that is to go share the gospel. But if I am looking at people through the eyes of, of selfishness, self-centeredness, self-absorption, self-gratification, and what they can only do for me, I am not seeing them as Jesus sees them. That's my thought today. That's my thought. That's my thought. I want to see people like Jesus sees people. In Mark chapter number six, 
Jesus is ministering to the multitudes and they bring him word that his cousin, John, who we would refer to as the Baptist, not only died for the cause, but got his head chopped off. And so Jesus responds with his friends. They go into a boat. They're going to go into a private place, to be alone, to reflect, to pray, to get refueled. And people find out where he's going, and they run after him. If it was me, I probably would have said, I need some downtime. I need some time by myself. Don't you know what I'm going through? Just suffered a loss. But Jesus, who came into the world to be a servant to mankind, he came for the purpose of seeing our need. Amen. The Bible says Jesus said himself, I didn't come into the world to be ministered to. I've come to minister. I didn't come to be served. I've, I've come to serve. And if you're going to be the servant, if I'm going to be the servant like Jesus, I have to see through his eyes. Not only feel what he feels, not only respond the way he responds, not, not only react the way he reacts, but see how he sees. What do you see, blind man? I see men like trees. Well, we can't see men like trees. We can't see people in the light of what you can do for me. I need to get ahead. I need to go to the next level. I need to be advanced in my life. So what can you do for me? Preachers are the worst violators of this. One preacher said, amen. We could talk about preachers because we're preachers. Someone, someone asked me just a couple weeks ago, pastor, we need to pray that a millionaire comes into the church. And I said, I'm not going to pray that. I'd rather pray that God would teach the people how to tithe. He got it. <laughs> you're praying that a millionaire comes to your church as a pastor. You're really not, you're not praying for his benefit. You're praying that a millionaire comes into your church so he can benefit your ministry because you want him to tithe. Do you understand? We can't see people like that. We have to see people as God sees them. Somebody said that the eyes are the windows to the soul. We've got to look at people's eyes and see what they're feeling, what they're, what they're going through, their brokenness. People are battered today. They're broken today. They're, they're broke today. They're busted today. They're disgusted today. They need God. God doesn't call the angels, as celestial as they are, to preach this everlasting gospel. He calls his body. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 13 says, we have been baptized by his spirit into one body. Hallelujah. What do you see? I see men like trees. Look at verse number 25. After that, he put his hands up again. Everyone say again. again. He put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was... He was restored and saw every man clearly. Jesus comes back from that private place. And the Bible says he saw the multitudes. And he was moved with compassion because he saw that they were a sheep, like sheep, without a shepherd. 
And he sat down and began to teach them many things. Jesus prays for the man again, the blind man. And the Bible says this time, the man was restored and he saw everything clearly. May we see clearly as God has called us to see. Amen. Amen. Jesus said over there in John chapter 4, verse number 35, he says, lift up your eyes. I want you to see something. You say that four months, there'll be harvest. But I want to teach you and talk to you, Jesus said, about another harvest. I'm not talking about wheat or corn or alfalfa. I'm talking about the harvest of souls. Talking about lives that are lost that need to be found. Talking about lives that are broken that need to be mended. Lives that are bruised and battered that need to be healed. Amen. Amen. All around us, I need you to see clearly, Jesus is saying. I need you to see as, as I see. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, the harvest fields, for they are already white unto harvest. In other words, ready to be reaped ready to put our spiritual sickle in and reap this great end-time harvest. I want you to know that we're living in the greatest days. Pastor Joe, do you, do you read the newspaper? I mean, ISIS, Hezbollah, terrorism, earthquakes. Oh, no, 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 no. Simultaneously, all that's going to go on with the greatest move of the Spirit of God that this earth has ever known. That's the truth. I don't say that to get some response from you to a preacher. I'm telling you, that's the deal. Simultaneously, while all that's going on, there is going to be a tremendous move of the Spirit of God sweeping souls into the kingdom. And we get to be used in it. We're a vital part of it. We get to be used of the Lord. We are his mouthpiece. Come on, we're, his, we're the body of Christ. This local church, TC Church here, you're a local body, but you're a part of the bigger body. Amen. Amen. The body of Jesus. And you know what? It's so cool. We're all different shapes and sizes. Different ethnic backgrounds, different cultures, different colors. I pastor a multicultural, multi-ethnic church, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm, I'm, you know, in my church, I'm, I'll be much bolder than I am here, but I get, I get on the platform and I say, if you're a racist, leave. I've said it. I said, I said that once, if you're, if you're a racist, you, you know, you, and you're going to stay that way, you're not welcome. Let's go. Next morning, it's Monday morning, I was in the office, and uh, my secretary says, you have, a, you have an appointment here, Pastor? I said, I have no appointment today. She said, oh, well, this man was here uh, yesterday and heard you say what you said on the pulpit, and he wants to talk to you. I said, um, okay. Now, I'm from New Jersey, and, and I was getting all geared up. I was getting all torqued, Pastor. I said, you tell him I'll be right out. 
had a little swagger, you know. And I, and I went out and I said, yes, sir. He says, did I hear you right, Pastor? I said, uh, what, are you, what are you talking about? Yesterday on the, on the platform, did you say if you're a racist, you're not welcome here? And I kind of went, yeah, I said that. He said, I want to shake your hand. He said, I never heard that before. I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, I repent of my carnality. We need to see people as Jesus sees people. Not because I'm white, I only see white people, or I'm black, I only see black people. Hey, listen. Black lives matters. White lives matters. Yellow lives matters. Red lives matters. All lives matter. All lives matter. People say, what color was Jesus? I can show you the color of Jesus. Pastor Dan, one Sunday I, I did this. You can do it here easily. I just, we have about 46 nations that are represented in our church. And I just started calling people up from every different nation, every different color. I had them come up, and they lined up from one end to the other end. And I said, this is the color of Jesus, because the color of the body is the same color of the head. Right. Amen. What do you see? The blind man saw men like trees. He needed to be prayed again. He needed more prayer because he needed to see men clearly. He needed his eyesight. This time, the second time, spiritually restored. Oh, I know he needed to be physically healed, but I want to apply it this way because I think there's some in the body of Christ at large we need Jesus to pray for us again. We need him to restore our spiritual eyesight so that we can see clearly as God sees mankind. Amen. Amen. That's the thought I wanted to share with you. I want it to be challenging. I want you to think about that, where God has placed you in life, on your job, the marketplace, in your community, who God put, puts around you, who you rub shoulders with every day. If they're not born, listen, there's no in-between. I grew up in a religion where there was an in-between they taught us. Yeah, there's a heaven and there's a hell, but there's an in-between. And if you're not sure in this life, you'll go to that in-between place. But I want you to know that's not found in the Bible. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. And God is so good, so good, that he sent his only begotten son into this world to die for us. Jesus said, for this purpose I was born, to bear witness of the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and regardless of what New Age says, the guru says, spiritualism says, although Muhammad says, regardless of all that stuff, he says, no one comes to the Father but through me. It's not abstract and it's not complex. It's simple. You give your heart to Jesus and you connect to God the Father. Amen. You give your heart to Jesus Christ and you connect to heaven. All of God's goodness, all of his mercy, all of his favor, all of his loving kindness, all of his healing and his health, all of his wonders you connect with through Jesus Christ. 
God gives you his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit causes transformation. Anybody hear that word before? <laughs> I love it. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I named, I named our drug and rehab program really after this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable service or your spiritual worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye... Come on, be ye... Transform. It's, it's the Greek word metamorpho, which, which simply means, on our English word, metamorphosis. That's where you got our word, which simply means the great change. Like the caterpillar to a butterfly. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove it is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Is there's a perfect will of God for you today. And if you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, the perfect will of God for you today is for you to connect with heaven one way through Jesus Christ. Amen. We that have connected, aren't you glad you're connected? Amen. Aren't you glad that heaven is at our disposal? That God is our Father. Jesus is our Lord. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. And as we journey in this life, we're not journeying alone. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Through your test, trials, tribulation, trouble, and tears, Jesus will never leave you. He'll never leave you. One of the greatest ways to get a need met that you have is to meet somebody else's need. But in order for us to meet other people's need, we must see them as Jesus sees them. Amen? Praise God. That's what I've come to share with you. Will you see people like Jesus wants us to see people? Let's see their need. Let's see their heart. Let's see where they're at in life so that we can connect them to truth. Amen? Amen. Will you bow your hearts with me? Now, I know and been doing this for almost 38 years, I know in every gathering like this, there could be people that God has sovereignly brought to this place today. Oh, you might have been invited by a friend. You might have checked out the web, uh, website. You might have just driven in off the street. But sovereignly, you have an appointment with God. You've been through the praise and the worship and something stirred within your heart. You don't know exactly what it is, but you know it's a good thing. You're sitting next to some people who have been friendly to you and you feel love that maybe you've never experienced before. And you heard just a, a word today that maybe has touched your heart. I want to just go to this place with you. It might sound like a cliche, but I don't want it to. The Lord loves you so much that if you were the only person on the planet, Jesus would have died for you with the same intensity, the same fervor and fire. If you're here in this assembly today, in this room, Revelation 3.20 says this, 
Jesus speaking, and I quote him, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart, and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens up, I will come and I will fellowship with you. He's doing that today, perhaps to your heart. I'd like to pray with you in the last few minutes that we have together. And then I want to pray for the congregation if I can. But first, I want to pray for those, if there's any here, that would say, Pastor Joe, you know, it's time in my life that I give my heart to Christ. I need him. I want him. I don't have a lot to offer, but whatever I have, I give to him. I want you to hear today that you don't have to get good. You don't have to get clean. When you go fishing, you don't clean the fish before you catch the fish. God, listen, I've been through this. God will do a work in your life if you let him. But the first step is to invite him. Jesus is a gentleman. He forces himself on no one. But if you invite him, if you open up that door of your heart, he will absolutely come in and he will, yes, transform your life. I'm a living example. I was a madman. I was an animal at one time in my life. God sent me someone to see my need. Not to judge me or reject me, but this man saw with the eyes of Jesus and I came to Christ. That was 39 years ago almost. And so if you're here today and you say, I'd like to pray with you, Pastor, I want you to just do one simple thing. Just put your hand up and put it down. That's all I'm asking. Just put it up for a moment. Just keep it up for a second. I see hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands. Many hands. Just lift it up. You're not responding so much to a preacher. You're responding to the Lord. He sees that. God bless you. Thank you. I'm going to pray just a simple prayer if I can with you. It's called a prayer of repentance or a prayer of salvation. You say, well, how do, how do you know what to pray? I kind of know what to pray. I prayed this prayer almost 39 years ago. It changed my life. And it'll change yours. Because the one you're praying to, he'll do the changing. Will you pray this out loud in church? I'm going to ask you to, to help our, our friends that are lifting their hands right now. Kind of pray this together and we'll pray along with them. Pray out loud. Dear Jesus, today I repent of my sin. I confess that I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. But I do believe with all my heart that you shed your blood. And you died for me. And you rose from the dead so that I can have salvation. Lord Jesus, wash me with your blood. Cleanse me and forgive me of my sin. Fill me today with your Holy Spirit to empower me, to strengthen me, to bring purpose in my life. Right now, I accept you into my heart. And with your help, I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to be the first one to personally welcome those that lifted your hand for the first time, maybe. I want to personally welcome you into the family of God. Welcome you to this house.
one last prayer, and this is for the rest of us and for those that just prayed. Some of us need our, our eyes prayed for again the second time. It's not a negative thing because sometimes life gets busy. Sometimes we get so self-indulged with life. We got bills. We got mortgages. We got rent. We got food, food to buy. We got babies to care for. It's called life. And we get very tunnel-visioned. And we start seeing, looking upon people, how can you help me? I'm in need. I'm the one that's needy. How do you help me? I, I, I'm going to engage you because you can help me. But we need Jesus to pray for us a second time. Because we can't see men like trees. We have to see men clearly as God sees them. Meet someone's need, and God's, God will see to it that he meets your need. Amen? You're going into a, a wonderful building soon. That's the hand of God. But things like that just do not happen. Do you understand? You don't get a harvest unless you put a seed in the ground. Bible says, those that have pity upon the poor, lend to the Lord. And that which he gives, God will pay him again. The Lord will be indebted to no one. This man and this family and this ministry has love for the poor for as long as I've known him. Pastor Dan was my Bible college instructor and he taught me always loved the, the, the lost but he also taught me how to love the poor and when you love the poor and minister to the poor God sees to it that he meets every one of your needs and beyond guaranteed don't apologize for that new place because it's big and beautiful it's the work of God. It's the blessing of God. Amen. Whosoever stops his ear at the cry of the poor, the Bible says he shall cry himself, but he shall not be heard. These ears have always been open to the cry of the poor. I'm going to say it. You have seen nothing yet. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. So let's pray. Let's pray. Will you do something for me? If, only if it's in your heart. Only if you need. Put your hands on your eyes. I'm putting my hands on my eyes. Father, I thank you. Thank you for saving us. Jesus, thank you for bleeding for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for teaching us. Lord, now we put our hands on our eyes symbolically. We don't want to be like the blind man. We don't want to see men like trees. We don't want to look upon people in the light that they can do for us. We want to see people as you, Lord, see people. We want to respond to people as you would respond to people. Feel what they're feeling. What breaks your heart, we want to break our hearts. And so, Lord, we put our hands upon our eyes and for some of us, we say, Lord, we need to pray again that you would open up our spiritual eyes. May we see as you see. And may we fulfill 
the greatest invitation that anyone could ever receive to go into all the world, our world, and tell people about Jesus Christ as we see their heart, as we see their need, as we minister the gospel of the Lord, may we be used to bring many into the kingdom of God. I prophesy over this house that the best is yet to come. I prophesy over these pastors and this leadership, Lord God, the influx of people that you will be bringing, that we will be going, getting, Lord God, and bringing in, Lord God, will be cared for, will grow and develop, and Father, they will have a heart's desire to finish their course, to fulfill their destiny, to complete their call, to accomplish their assignment, and to run their race well for Jesus. Father, I thank you. I speak to the enemy and the adversary that no weapon formed against this ministry will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against them in judgment, we condemn it, we bring it to naught, we decree it wrong. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, saith God. Father, I speak blessing, 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 abundance, abundance, abundance over this house. And I thank you that this will continue to be a soul-saving station for every nation, Lord God, every culture, every ethnic background, that people would find this place as an oasis and the love of God, Lord God, will permeate from this place. Use each and every one of us let everyone know in this house that are members of this great church, let them know that they are vital and important as a member of the body of Christ and of this local church. And to this end, may Jesus receive all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. May we see people as you see them. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. Love you. God bless you.